0: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, August 11th. I'm Doug Blair.
1: And I'm Virginia Allen. When it comes to kids' television shows that promote strong values and teach kids America's founding principles, for a long time, there were not many options. Daniel Harmon saw a need for funny, creative, and entertaining children's television that would inspire patriotism in young people and teach valuable lessons about economic freedom and American liberty. To fulfill this need, Harmon created the Tuttle Twins series. The colorful animated show draws inspiration from the beloved Tuttle Twins books. It's fun and engaging for kids while also being educational. Daniel Harmon is the creator of the show, and he joins me on the podcast today to explain why he chose to create this pro-American kids television series.
0: And don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. And now, on to today's top news. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced his resignation on Tuesday after an investigation concluded that he had sexually harassed 11 women. Here's Cuomo announcing his resignation via MSNBC.
2: And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Because I work for you. And doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you. Because as we say, it's not about me. It's about we. Kathy Hochul, my lieutenant governor, is smart and competent. This transition must be seamless. We have a lot going on. I'm very worried about the Delta variant and so should you be, but she can come up to speed quickly, and my resignation will be effective in 14 days.
0: Cuomo's resignation comes on the heels of a series of scandals beginning earlier this year. The governor initially was accused of covering up the true number of deaths related to a controversial order to nursing homes, preventing them from turning away people based on a COVID diagnosis. Later on, female staffers began to come forward and accuse the governor of sexual misconduct towards them, accusations that Cuomo continues to deny. After 14 days, Cuomo will officially be replaced by Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, making Hochul the first female governor in the state's history.
1: On Tuesday, the Senate passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. The bill includes funding for things like roads, bridges, broadband internet, and clean water. The Senate passed the bill with a vote of 69 to 30. 19 Republicans voted for the spending package, including Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Now the Senate is moving on to consider Democrats' $3.5 trillion spending package. Heritage Foundation's David Ditch, who joined us on the podcast yesterday to break down the two spending bills, says this larger multi-trillion dollar appropriations bill is the most expensive piece of legislation in history. Ditch wrote in a Daily Signal piece Tuesday that the $3.5 trillion bill reads like a progressive wish list to include a generational welfare expansion, job-killing tax hikes, an aggressive climate agenda, an attempt to give amnesty to millions of illegal immigrants, and more. Since Republicans are opposed to the larger spending bill, Democrats plan to use a budget rule known as reconciliation to push the legislation forward without GOP support. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says if the larger bill passes the Senate, the House will take up both bills when Congress is back in session in September.
0: On Tuesday, Instagram videos showing Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat of Michigan, dancing and taking photos maskless at an indoor wedding were published online leading many to claim the congresswoman's actions were hypocritical. The video was filmed by Dearborn, Michigan-based band Bassam Salah and shows Talib unmasked in a large crowd of people. Wayne County, where Dearborn is located, is currently considered to be in the orange category by the CDC. CDC guidelines currently stipulate indoor masking for everyone, regardless of vaccination status in Orange counties. Critics of Tlaib were quick to point out the congresswoman's condemnation of Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, who has been vocal about his opposition to mask mandates. In a tweet from Monday, Tlaib wrote, The Kentucky senator is throwing a tantrum as his state is being swallowed whole by this virus again. People are getting sick and dying. Ninety-eight counties in Kentucky have a high incidence rate of COVID-19. He needs to put politics aside and put people first. Start resisting the virus.
1: Now stay tuned for my conversation with Daniel Harmon as we discuss the brand new pro-Liberty Kids television show, Tuttle Twins. Virginia Allen here. I wanna tell you about the most popular resource on the Heritage Foundation website, The Guide to the Constitution. More than a hundred scholars have contributed to create a unique line-by-line analysis of our Constitution. The guide is intended to provide a brief and accurate explanation of each clause of the Constitution as envisioned by the framers and as applied in contemporary law. There has never been a more important time to have an understanding of our founding document. So if you want to learn more about the Constitution, go ahead and visit heritage.org slash constitution or simply search for Heritage Guide to the Constitution. I am joined by Daniel Harmon. Daniel is the chief creative officer and founder of the Harmon Brothers Ad Agency and the creator of Tuttle Twins, an animated TV show for kids that teaches them the value of freedom. Daniel, thanks so much for being here.
3: Thanks for having me on, Virginia.
1: I'm so excited to talk with you about the Tuttle Twins. I Actually, I watched the pilot episode of the show last night, and I found myself laughing at many of the jokes. It's a really funny and witty show. Even though it's for kids, I feel like there's a lot of great humor in it that adults can appreciate as well. Uh, and it really teaches kids concepts of limited government, of freedom. And uh, it te- it does so in a way that they can actually understand, which is awesome. Uh, but I want to begin, Daniel, by just talking a little bit uh, about your story and uh, how you and your brothers first began working in the media space uh, and got involved in ads and now TV shows.
3: Yeah, so a lot of that starts with a company called Brush. Um, We It's a tongue cleaner for bad breath. So it actually, 90% of bad breath comes from bacteria on your tongue. And my, uh, my brother's were co-founders of a company, um, of of OraBrush, and they were really having a hard time selling their tongue cleaners through traditional means, like um, through you know grocery stores and that kind of thing, and so they went to YouTube with it, and had um, a tremendous amount of success in being able to sell the OraBrush online through video, and I was involved in that process of consulting on the video content that they were creating. And I created the logo and stuff that they um, they use for Orbrush, I think even to this day. And um and I joined the company a little bit later as an art director and we did a ton of video content. Um, like like literally a video a week is what we were doing for for the company. And, and it was this this um this giant campaign and its efforts that we that we did that got the ore brush into places like Walmart and Walgreens and um and into distributors all over the world basically. And after a while a company approached us that was called um Poopery. Um, and they you know make a toilet spray to get rid of the 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 nasty smell when you go to the bathroom mm-hmm. that you spray on the toilet first. And we actually left Ora to go do that campaign, and we hadn't intended to start an ad agency, but we needed a we needed a company to put the the campaign money into, and so we were just like, let's call it Harmer Brothers, and then we'll we'll change it later if we need to, um, and and essentially, um, when we made the poopery campaign, that's. Um, the title on YouTube is Girls Don't Poop I think Um, (laughs) is uh, it blew up like it was extremely successful it was featured on um, uh, the big advertising networks like Ad and Advertising Age and Huffington Post picked it up and it was very viral and um, they sold out of their product but then people started approaching us from all over the place to do advertising for them and we were like um, we were getting cited cited in the news it's like Creative Agency Harmon Brothers and we were like are we an agency? I didn't know. We were. <laughs> I didn't know we we're an agency. I guess we're an agency. But um, poopery—the the success of poopery is how Squatty Potty found us, okay. and then with Squatty Potty, we did the the pooping unicorn and and the prince, you know, to teach people about colon health. And then from there, it was um, purple mattress that we that we launched that brand with them, and um, and chat books and. And, and Camp Chef and Alumi and, and, and so many others, It kind of the success started with, um, with figuring out some things at Brush, and then we eventually formed our own company and started with Poopery and it kind of took off since. And yeah, I'm, I'm the chief creative officer and kind of oversee, oversee the creative uh, um, ad work that comes out of the agency. So it's been a fun ride.
1: I love it. You know, your creative style is just amazing. I feel like you all have taken such a unique approach to ads uh, and you are, are bringing that creativity to the Tuttle Twins TV show. So what was the process of, of going from ads to then uh, discovering, okay, I want to pursue a new project uh, called the Tuttle Twins TV show and uh, yeah, just just walk us through that transition.
3: Yeah, you bet. So, so much of the success that we've experienced is in the formula we have at Harman Brothers, where we've mixed the worlds of branding, right? Like when you think of really great branding, you think of brands like you know Nike, Ford, um, you know Red Bull, um, all these Apple, all these giant brands that make you feel something in their advertising, right? We kind of mix that element with what in the marketing world is known as direct response, where it's like, buy now, you know, call this 1-800 number, do do that kind of thing, like infomercials, right? We kind of mix those two worlds together to where there's a high amount of branding and storytelling and humor, and then there's a high amount of education for the kinds of products we're doing because no one had ever heard of purple. No one had ever, I should say no one had heard, very few had heard of poo like compared to what they do now or the squatting Those, We had to educate the customer on those kind of things. And so... When um, when Tuttle Twins came along, uh, meaning Connor Boyack, the author of the books, when he wrote the first book, I'm a friend of his, and he released it, I bought it immediately, read it with my kids, really enjoyed it, and then I bought every book since. And I'm like, man, he's really onto something. In fact, he has been. He's, he's sold over um, you know two million copies of these books now, this book series. It's been tremendously successful for him, and to the point where he started entertaining the idea of, like, me, maybe, maybe we should turn this into a TV show. And then I reached out to him and I said, no, um, I want to turn it into a TV show. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I had kind of a vision in my head of, of, for the way it could play out because he had done such a good job of breaking down these complex concepts of things like um, individual freedom and limited government and free markets. All these things in a way that kids could understand them and that adults were learning them in a way that they never had. And I was like, "Oh, if we could really bring that to to a TV show, but with elements of storytelling and comedy and stuff that I had developed, you know, um, I had learned in, in at my time as um, chief creative officer at Harmon Brothers, that I think we'd have something really great that kids would really enjoy and understand, and that adults would as well. That they." I mean, it's kind of the Pixar model, right? Pixar makes movies for kids, but the, the, the adults really enjoy as well. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this is make um, make it so kids really enjoy it and love it, and then adults really appreciate the humor and things like that. I mean, VeggieTales is a good yeah. example of that as well, where it's like when you actually sit down and, and, and listen to the writing and stuff and, and and see the lines of the story, you're like, oh, this is really witty. This is really clever, right? Um, and that's kind of the the vision for the show. So we partnered up with Connor um, to do the TV show, and um, and then in order to fund the production for season one, we did it through crowdfunding. Um, our distribution partner is Angel Studios. Um, they're known for they're very known for um, the series The Chosen, which has been a huge you know a huge success. They have I think over 150 million views on the series now, and and they're in their second season. And um, we went out to the crowd. I mean, Connor has a really good base of people that have, have bought the books. I, like I mentioned, over two million copies sold. And it's clear that there is a real need in the market for these of, kinds of materials because parents are really craving tools to teach their kids about these values of freedom because they're not really being taught as much in culture um, in society, or, or even in in the school systems, and so they're they're really craving this, and it's and it's clear from the way that they they got behind this project. I mean, we we have we raised over I think what's the total? I, we raised over three point seven million from the crowd. Wow. It's it's this the single largest crowdfunded funded um, kid show in world history. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so it's been a huge success.
1: Well, and Senator Mike Lee, he had some very generous and kind words to say of the project that you all have uh, on your website, but he wrote, it's imperative that parents teach the time-tested values of freedom and free markets to their kids, and the Tuttle Twins Project is an amazing way to help do that. So explain how how you take a concept like free market economics and explain it to kids in the Tuttle Twins TV show.
3: Yeah. Um... The way that we do it is we start with the principles. We say to ourselves, what has to be taught in this particular episode? And in, in episode one, that's available on Tuttletwins.tv. If you can you can watch it in, in its entirety, in an animatic form, meaning it's a collection of storyboards that are edited together with with um, voices and things like that. It's not the finished animation, but you can get a sense of the story. Um is is okay. We start with what needs to be taught. In that first one we wanted to teach about the law about rights, that people have a right to life, to liberty, and property. And that when government goes beyond the protection of those rights for people um, and starts actually taking or infringing upon those rights, then it that's where people kind of get upset. And we have an example in that episode of where you have um, the, the Tuttle Twins, they're selling some lemonade. And in comes the kids club president of their cul de sac kids club, <laughs> and because she's the president, she gets to take lemonade as much as she want wants whenever she wants, and that's written in their like kids club laws. And they're like, well, that's a stupid law, you know. And then they, they go on a discovery process of figuring out, well, what is a good law, you know? And um, they have a they have a grandma with a time traveling um, wheelchair <laughs> that take that kind of takes them on. On these journeys, I mean, the vision for the show is very much to mix the humor of shows like The Simpsons and Phineas and Ferb with the family friendliness and educational value of something like The Magic School Bus. And that's kind of of, of what we're doing is they go back in time to learn from the famous economist Frederick Bastia from from France and the, the French Revolution that was going on around that time and and how rights are so needed to be protected by the government. And then they go and learn about the practical application of that in an old west kind of setting where we have a, a, um, a rancher named Carla who's getting her, her cows um, that are, they're kind of taken away from her by the government because it's written into the law. She's like, well, this isn't really just, and then they're able to go back and apply that then to their lemonade stand and and get the law changed. And so it all starts with what we need to teach in each individual episode. And then the story revolves around that. Um, Very similar to what we've done with our advertising campaigns. It always starts with what's the message we need to communicate? What's the main thing we need the customer to understand when they walk away from this ad? And then all the character and all the story and all the comedy needs to support that.
2: I
1: love it. So creative. All right. Well, let's take a quick listen to a clip from that first episode of the Tuttle Twins.
0: See that? Carla's a generous person, even when the law doesn't force her to be. (gasps) Well, hi, you ding-dongs. I guess it's back to plan C, which is also plan A. Take them cows by force.
1: Use your wheelchair, Grandma! I can! We need more power! Quick! What have you learned? Mm-hmm. Think. Think.
0: Okay, the law should help protect our right to life, liberty, and property.
2: Uh.
0: Government is basically hiring someone to protect your rights from bad guys. (laughs) All right, more wisdom
1: gas. Knowledge juice, Ethan, how many times? (coughs) But a bad law means the government might turn into the bad guys. If it's wrong for me to steal something, it's also wrong for the government to steal.
0: So the law should protect our rights and not turn the government into the bad guys
1: bingo oh and the wheelchair is back to full power too all right welcome back well uh daniel would you just tell us a little bit about the process and the time that goes into creating a show like this developing the characters deciding what you want it to look like
3: you bet. So the process has been going on a long time now. Um, one f- from um, getting uh, a deal together with with Connor, the author of the books. So we we started on this process now. I'd I'd say almost two years ago that we started meeting with him and talking uh, talking to him about it, and then um, and then for the writing process. We um, I, I brought together some uh, great writers that have helped us at Harmon Brothers. Um, really proven comedy writers um, uh, like Kellen Erskine who has been on um, Conan, on I think Jimmy Kimmel. He's He uh, has a show where he's featured on Amazon Prime and on Dry Bar Comedy and then um, Kelly Brumman and she's she's got um, a show on, on Netflix and she's been a very successful writer for us at Harmon Brothers on ad campaigns and, and Johnny Vance, the same thing where he's He's uh, contributed to uh, shows like Studio C um, that's known for their, uh, their sketch comedy. So all of our writers have really strong comedic writing backgrounds. And then they have really good backgrounds in, in writing advertising as well. And so they're really good storytellers. And, um, and, and the process is we, we first off needed to come up with a great concept for the show. Because our, our main thing is we're, we're teaching the same principles in the books we're we're not necessarily doing it with the exact same stories that are in the books. It's all the same, all the same principles and um, and teaching about uh, um, about limited government and about principles of freedom. But the characters are a little bit different. It's kind of its own. There's kind of the Tuttle Twins TV show universe, and then the Tuttle Twins book universe, and they're and they're and and they're quite a bit different in in that way. But what they're teaching is actually um, um, extremely similar. And Connor is a uh, is a co executive producer on our project, and so he actually helps us maintain the integrity of that as he goes through. He helps us in that writing process to make sure we're we're being very clear on that, and he's very good in that way. Um, but the writing process is intensive because we go through um, an outline of the episode. Um, well, we start with a concept, and then we do a day where we kind of tackle the outline of what we think it's gonna go like, and then we and then we get feedback on that, and then we go through a first draft, and we get feedback on that, and then we go through a second draft, and we get feedback on that, and then we get go through a, a fourth draft and get feedback on that, and then we just continue to go through that process, and then you go to an animatic, which is where you put together the storyboards And the storyboards, like you'll see if you go to um, tuttletwins.tv, that's where we put together the entire episode with drawings that are, they're not finished animation, but it gives you an idea of how the character expresses themselves and moves. And it brings all that together. And once we've got a good animatic, that is what we pass off to the animation company who then, um, Takes all the character designs that we put together, and background designs, and prop designs, and they place that in and put the movement to it. Um, but we we they they have voices that they follow, so we've pre-recorded all those voices, um, so that they know what they're timing all the animation to. And, um, it's really, it's really extensive. I mean, it takes a while from beginning to end. We haven't finished an episode yet. (laughs) And so we're, we're still, we're still, we've got one, two, three, we've got four of them in production and two of them that are in writing right now. We're about to start on the next six in writing. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big process.
1: That is a very big process. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating to hear all that goes into even just one episode. That's wild. So, as as you're thinking right now about you know uh, both the the short-term vision and the long-term vision of the show, where where do you want this to go?
3: So we feel like the principles of freedom are timeless, um, and that they are also international. They're not exclusive just to the United States. That anybody that follows these principles of of limited government and free markets can find in tremendous peace and prosperity when applied to their own culture and their own country. And so the big vision is that it goes way beyond the United States um, that it's able to go internationally, much like The Chosen has with Angel Studios, The, the Chosen, which is the first multi-season uh, TV show about the life of Christ. It's, it's now been, I think, seen in every country in the world except for like North Korea, <laughs> um, which, you know, obviously they have their restrictions there. But the idea is that it will get translated into multiple languages and that we think it can go season after season after season, literally for like literally for seasons on end. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this as a cartoon, so it can kind of have that longevity that the the, the Tuttle Twins in our in our um, in our universe of the TV show are like eleven years old, and so they won't necessarily have to age um, because they're cartoons, and we're casting adult voices for them, so those don't have to age as well, um, so that they're able to continue to go back and play the character. Much like I mean, The Simpsons is up, uh, on season thirty. I mean, we think we think this has the potential to do that kind of a thing that that it could just go on and on and really teach about um, all different aspects of, of these principles of freedom, like, I, I this is my personal belief. When I talk to um, friends and neighbors on all sides of the aisle, left, right, Republican, Democrat, you know, progressive, conservative, whatever you want to call them, there is a tremendous love. Almost everyone has a love for freedom. Everyone loves the idea of freedom. They like their freedoms. Um, you, you, you can't sit there and, and say to, to someone like, oh, isn't slavery much better? <laughs> like no, no no one thinks in those terms, right? Everyone loves the concept of freedom, but very, it, very, very few really understand what that means in principle and in practice. And that's the gap that this show really tries to close is we're not really approaching it from any kind of a, like a political party standpoint at all we're very much approaching it from in terms of principles so that people can kind of break it down and understand it and then apply it to their own life in the way in the way that they vote in the in the initiatives that they support and and the politicians that they maybe get behind
1: yeah Uh, i think that's so critical you're so right we all we all want freedom that's such a a basic human desire Uh, but for some reason it seems like there can be a, a disconnect sometimes between actually, uh, that desire and then really knowing what that looks like in practice and in the government in our in our daily yes. lives. So that's so powerful to start thinking about, okay, how do we actually teach that to kids from a young age so yep. that they can grasp that concept? Uh, have, have you showed, um, or done like, you know, uh, watching with, with the kids and kind of seeing how kids react to the show and, um, their responses to it?
3: Yep, everything starts with the kids. So when we first write the outline for a script, we turn it into a storybook form, so that we can, so I, and I have a really good focus group at home, because I have seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: and, is a good focus group. <laughs> uh,
3: um, and um, and so I have daughters that are ages 12, um, 10, and eight. And they're my primary focus group. And then I have some more cynical teenage sons <laughs> that are, um, that are uh, like 14 and, and 16. And they'll, you know, they have good insights too because you know they're very much what into what's cool and that kind of stuff right now, right? And so if they like it, then I know I'm really onto something. But um, I read it, I read it with the story outline with my kids in a storybook kind of format, and and kind of pay attention to where they're getting bored, and where they're laughing, and what's really resonating. And I'm ask them afterwards, like, what was your favorite part, or what was a part that confused you? And we get feedback early on from kids, and we do, we do that. Um, and then once we once we have a finished script and put it into the animatic, we show that to them as well. And one of the big indicators for me is when my kids ask to re-watch it, you know, mm. and when they're like, oh, can I watch that again? And even though it's not finished finished animation, it's actually just, um, you know, a bunch of storyboards put together and edited with, you know, some temporary voices and stuff. But they are enjoying it and, and loving it and watching it like... They're choosing it even as entertainment right now before yeah. it's finished, even over some of their like their options on like Disney Plus and, and, and YouTube and, and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's the goal. That's the vision for the show is that it's entertaining enough and it works well enough as a story and as characters that kids want to watch it as entertainment. But then they also get the education um, along with it. They're, they're not thinking that they're going to schools or sitting down. They're just like, oh. This is, this is a fun thing for me to follow. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. the vision for it.
1: Love it. So creative. Now, you mentioned uh, that the show is crowdfunded, but your yes. model of crowdfunding is actually really unique. Could you just explain uh, that model, how you all did it?
3: Yeah, you bet. So um, when people think of crowdfunding, they often think of Kickstarter or Indiegogo. And those are usually based on funding um, some sort of a product that's going to go out into the market, right? Um, someone's created, invented a cool backpack or or whatever it is, um, and you're donating, right? You're you're crowdfunding through donations of people that are just so into it, they support it, and then they just back the project or they just wanna they wanna buy the thing, right? Um, whatever it is, this is very different in that the crowdfunding through Angel Studios is an investment in. The Tuttle Twin Show. Um, so, meaning when we succeed, you succeed. And so, for everyone that invested, and it's um, now some nine thousand people that invested um, that three point seven million dollars. Um, for everyone that invested before, we take a dollar of profit from the show. We are we have to pay back those investors one hundred and twenty percent of what they invested. Meaning, if they invested a dollar, they get a dollar and twenty cents back before we ever take profits of our own. So as the show succeeds, they'll succeed. It's actually an investment in the business entity of it. And there's going to be, with with kids' shows, most of the revenue, in fact, 70% of revenue from kids' shows comes from merchandising. If you look at um, something like Cars or, or like, um, Toy Story, like, the box office revenue is literally, like, 10% of the total of the, like, um, billions of dollars that they've earned on those things literally those those films become just almost ads <laughs> for the, <laughs> the merchandising choice. itself and so there is we have big plans to very much merchandise um uh the tuttle twins with things like you know t-shirts and 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 hoodies and you know and coffee mugs and school supplies and all that stuff as well as like uh you know just toys of, of stuffed animals and 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 little figurines and that kind of stuff that the kids love so that's that's the road we're headed down um, right now.
1: So if someone still wants to support Tuttle Twins TV financially, can they do that?
3: Um, Currently... No. <laughs> I mean, for sure, you can support us by following us on on Facebook, it's Tuttle Twins TV Show, or on Instagram, or on YouTube. Um, if you look us up on those places, you can subscribe or follow or like. Um, that's, all, that's all beneficial, and it's a good way to stay in the loop of, of when we're going to um, release and all those things. But um, the investment period has now ended. Um, we, we fully funded our, our first season. We have 12 episodes that are going to be produced. And uh, we're super excited about that. There will be a time in the future to be able to, um, you know, um, invest in the show. Not so much um, uh, in the way of necessarily investing in the show itself, but of like uh, we have a model where people will be able to pay it forward so their neighbor can watch it. Um, The Tattletons will be available to watch for free. Um, we'll have an app that you can download for free and you can watch all the episodes for free. And then you can pay it forward for other people to watch it as well. That's what The Chosen's is doing. Um, and so millions and millions of people around the world have watched that show for free. And this will be the same way where um, you can watch it for free and then you can pay it forward for other people to watch it as well if you'd like.
1: Excellent. Well, um, we'll put all those links in the show notes. People can follow you on social media. We'll also put the link uh, for the books. So if anyone wants to buy the books. Uh, but when when should we expect to see uh, see these episodes coming out and coming online?
3: So it's fall that we're releasing the first um, four episodes. Um, that'll be available through the app. I don't have an exact date on it, but it'll be this fall. Um, and then uh, we're still crossing our fingers that um, the first episode will be uh, available Um, even before then but I don't have an exact exact date for you we've had we've had uh, uh, quite frankly we've had some different things with COVID and stuff that have that have happened as far as like production goes we had uh, I mean we have a, a production company in India that's had some struggles I mean you know the situation over there with COVID and there's been some different things going on so we're still trying to figure out all those timelines but it will be this fall that we'll release the first four episodes.
1: Excellent. Well, we look forward to that. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. We so appreciate it. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast.
0: You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe.
1: Thanks again for listening. and we will be back with you all tomorrow.
2: The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Virginia Allen and Katrina Trinko. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop.